Welcome to Across the Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. If we're still in your subscribed podcast feeds first, we appreciate you staying subscribed this whole time as we start Crossing Broadcast re-upped 2.0, 3.0, whatever the new iteration of Crossing Broad is. This one will be a little different. It will be a live lunchtime show every Tuesday and Thursday from noon to 1230, talking about everything that is on the Crossing Broad website, the internet, and happening around Philadelphia. We'll have guests. There will be Crossing Broad personalities today. I'm joined by Kevin Kincaid, and they'll be here at least once a week, and there will be no rules. The other guys, they have to worry about the FCC. On this show, we say, fuck the FCC. Do you hate sports radio callers? Good, because there won't be any. Maybe we'll even get the original gang back together, Russ, Lefko, and Kyle. Maybe. But if you want to listen to the live stream, it'll be at youtube.com slash crossing broad sports and in your podcast feeds later that day. So let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. It is a rainy Thursday, June 23rd. I'll be joined here to talk all about the Sixers, uh, Michael Rubin stepping down, Matisse Thibel, what's going to happen, the NBA draft tonight. But I'm joined by Kevin Kincaid, and we'll have Rush Joy on the broadcast later. Kinker. Big Sixers news in a very, very dry dry season. Let's call it a dry season for the blog and for Philly sports. So at least we got some Sixers news today. We've got Harden. Supposedly he's going to opt in plus a two-year extension at a significant number and what is significant an amount according to Woj. Uh, We got P.J. Tucker, three years, $30 million, a 37-year-old guy. And then we got multiple reports, conflicting reports about Matisse Thibel. Will he get traded? Will he get shopped? Some people are saying he will. Some people are saying, hey, this isn't a salary dump. They like Matisse. Where do you want to start? Um, This seems like a very boring draft, but there's actually a lot of stuff going on around it, right? I mean, like the Mm -hmm. future of the franchise is basically going to be determined. Are they going to move Tobias Harris? Is Harden going to... Opt in? Is he not going to opt in? I'm, I'm glad we got that straightened out though, because the Nets blog was uh, <laughs> posting bullshit, uh, yeah. right? So we got that all organized, right? Okay, so I will listen to Woj before I listen to the Wo- the the, uh, the Nets blog. Like the Nets yeah. blog was saying that Harden was going to opt out, and the Woj tweet was saying he was going to opt in. Yes, and yes. then he's the Nets a, blog. Yes, yeah. he's going to sign a two year extension. Okay. Yeah, the Nets. Keep our names out your mouth. All you have to worry about is 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 Ben Simmons fishing on a pond right now when he's yeah. supposed to be rehabbing from his back. Surgery. Let's get it back to deep sea fishing, right? Okay, so we had to had Newbeck come on and uh, aggregate uh, aggregate the proper uh, quote here from Woj. So I'm glad we got that all um, you know taken care of. But we actually have a special guest joining us to talk about this. I believe should we bring him on? Yeah, let's bring on let's bring bring on Rush Joy, the pride of Pottstown or Pottsville or whatever the Pots he he is from. (laughs) Oh, look at us! Look at these two guys. Oh man, did you call each other before coming on, Russ? Oh, you know, you just have to you just have to trust the process, and that's Uh, uh, what we're gonna do tonight. Crossing broadcast is now canceled. Yeah, they're gonna cancel me like that, uh, right. like Jackie McMullen. Yeah, right, Jackie McMullen. They wanted to cancel her for doing the. 
a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Jackie McMullen and I have about the same credentials to uh, to cover basketball these days. Oh. So she got can- oh, she, well, she got canceled, shit. and I don't have a credential. So I mean, we're pretty much the same person. I, but Windhorse did one too. Windhorse did one too, right? I was more offended at the impression itself. Oh, Windhorse one was was horrific. Yeah, it was, horrific. Like, it was like a two point three out of ten at the yeah, at the yeah. at <laughs> generous. Best. I thought generous. Jackie McMullen's was like okay, uh, I can see it. I know who she's All talking right. about. You know. Yeah. If I if I put yeah. on you know blinders and whatnot and said hey who is she impersonating I would say that's got to be Joel Embiid and if it's not then it's Dominique Wilkins. I don't think she like came onto the show and like did the lazy eye and like tried to sound like Shaq right like oh like that would have been yeah. offensive right that would have been cancelable but I don't know about not about the Embiid thing I think it's fine. Yeah. All right, so there's multiple conflicting reports about Matisse Thybulle. Keith Pompey says he's getting traded. Mark Stein says he's getting traded because. P.J. Tucker is by far the favorite to sign with the Sixers. Woj says if you're a GM who hasn't gotten an offer from the Sixers involving number 23, Matisse Thybul, you probably have had your phone shut off. But then you have guys like Paul Hudrick, who's on the beat, and says it's not Tucker or bust. The team is not desperate to move. And then another guy, Brian Toporek, he said per a source familiar with the Sixers approach, they are not shopping Danny Green, Matisse Thybul, or the number 23 pick. Kevin, I want to ask you, because you track down news a lot, in the Philly sports media world. Looking at this, how do you kind of sift through what's bullshit and what's not when you see these kind of guys report? Like, do you go more, hey, this is Woj. Woj has broken a bunch of shit. Like, let's, let's oh. trust Woj. Or are you yeah. kind of like Paul Hudrick. Guy's got a good source in the uh, organization. Maybe we go here and Rush, you can jump in too. Yeah, there's a lot of shit floating around there, especially in the NBA. Um, you can always trust your Woj and Shams and, you know, like Mark Stein to a point as well, you know, like all those guys have proven over and over that they've, you know, uh, cut, not, not only just reported things, but, uh, they've come to fruition, you know, like this is going to happen. This does happen. It's not like Jason Dumas saying, well, I heard this, but there's no way to prove whether it was whatever, but you know, but for a guy like Paul Hudrick, yeah, he's like a legit, like bona fide, not bullshitter, like decent dude journalist. Right. And, you know, guys like him just don't have like the time or experiences like a Woj or a Shams or something like that. But uh, at the same time, we have like a mystery crossing broad source who just gives us random shit. So, so you can like, anybody can stumble onto like a good source, you know, so let's go to the phones. Nice. That's a, let's go to the exactly. phones out here breaking uh, great insiders yeah. for Eagles news. Uncle Cog Friends of the program. and Fletcher oh. Cox news is the, is your let's go to the phone guys. Now, Eagles Russ, schedule. You ride the coattails of Anthony Sanfilippo and all his breaking wow. news reports and everything. So wow. how does it feel when you sift through, you know, the reports and stuff? What do you think? Well, the thing is that, well, I mean, the thing is that like so many, so many sources have their own agendas, right? And like, you know, that Woj is the guy who's tied into all the front offices and then Shams is the guy who's tied into all the agents. So you kind of have to try to find whatever's in the middle. And the NBA probably more than any other sport has like this weird dichotomy between the two biggest insiders that they, they both very clearly represent each, each different camp. And so when you look at this, it's like so much of this is just GMs trying to, to get Woj to kind of play into their narrative. Right. And like how much of it's true. I don't know. I don't think it really matters to be honest. Like this team, is in such need of, of massive change if they're going to actually compete. And Maury's got to put together an actual bench. You can't go in with like a six-man rotation in the next postseason because we all know that even though Doc Rivers, you know, really loves rotations, um, you know, you still have to have a few players to use in those rotations. So um, I don't think any of it's like how much of it's true, who knows? Like 
How do you how do you justify giving PJ Tucker a three year deal at thirty seven years old? And then how do you justify giving James Harden a max deal, right? Or like max in terms of like even if it's close to max money over a short term? We're calling it a significant window. commitment right now. Yeah, it's stupid. It's it's insane, is what it is. It would make more sense like if if James Harden is genuinely loyal to Daryl Morey and wants to win a title. The best way to do that isn't by taking $40 million or whatever on an opt-in. It's by opting out and signing a deal in that two- to three-year window at like 20 to 25 to give your team the flexibility to be, out, to be able to go out and build a bench. Yeah. Like if, if you told me James Harden, Joel Embiid, you're going to trade Tobias Harris, and maybe that's going to free up the money if Bradley Beal opts out or if there's going to be a potential sign-and-trade and you can flip those two – in theory, you're going to probably then look to move on from Tyrese Maxey because there is no place for him if you've got Beal and you have Harden. You might be able to get something of value for Maxey, who I, I like and would be really upset to see them move. You're probably going to move Thibel. I think like a lot of what you're seeing right now is damage control. The reason you saw the Hudrick thing and why some of the other um, Sixers writers have kind of come out and said that like there's not really truth to the whole Matisse Thibel and 23rd pick is because that's the Sixers front office feeding the local guys saying, no, that's not true. It probably is true, um, but they're trying to do their own damage control. This happens with the Flyers. I mean, I could tell you right now that this is a thing that, like, the Flyers do, uh, mm -hmm. you know, led by the astute uh, Brian Colangelo. I'm sorry, Chuck Fletcher. A lot of misdirection. They like to feed a little bit of info to the local people who don't have anything better to do, I guess, than just, like, spew the same, like, state agency nonsense. But, like, that's what this is. You're seeing front offices right now leading up to the draft playing the local guys versus the national guys and trying to get negotiating leverage in public. I don't know how really you can funny when they trade the 23rd pick tonight. Well, it, it's expected, though. I think the yeah. bigger issue is if if Matisse Thibel is a guy that like you absolutely did not want to include in this James Harden deal, right? You were sold on what Matisse Thibel could be. The idea that you're going to like package him with a pick just to be a salary dump is insane to me. Whether you believe he can actually add a three-point shot or not, yeah. the idea to just use that to free up cap is, I mean, it makes your determination a few months ago look worse. Because if if you had to include Andre Drummond or Seth Curry in lieu of Matisse Thibel in that deal, it compounds the problem. Because, boy, would this team have probably looked better with Seth Curry. Would this team have probably looked better with an actual competent backup center? Like, if this is the case and if this is what happens, then it means Zara Mori did the calculus wrong. And it ultimately, it hurt them this year. And honestly, like, it could hurt them in the future by not having Thibel, by, like, bailing on him for nothing of value. Do you think they're better? Do you think they're a better team at this time last year than they are right now? Yeah. I guess. They're a better team last year? No, they're a better team now. They're a better team now, okay. Right, because, because even if James Harden is Brooklyn James Harden, or like hobbled James Harden that we had here, that's still better than Ben Simmons holding out with no intention of playing, taking up a, a, a max slot. Kev? Now listen, P.J. Tucker's 37 years old, right? Mm -hmm. I am also 37 years old, and you guys saw what I did at the charity game. There you go. I like this. <laughs> or, or the Sixers just becoming the live golf tour, and we're just luring old guys to come play for them. So moving on a little bit, Michael Rubin steps down which I think we'd all agree being the face of the Sixers. Uh, listen, 
You can't take bets on the Sixers and own the Sixers. You can't sign guys to partnerships and whatnot, Zion Williamson, and be like, hey, let me tell you about Philadelphia and all it's got to offer and stuff. His relationship with players is probably what I'm going to miss the most. Um, And also him just being kind of a front and center owner, even though he only had a 10% stake, he was probably the most likable of all the owners. I think that was easy. Uh, It kind of made you feel like the games actually mattered when, you know, Travis Scott or Little Baby or Meek Mill or even Robert Kraft were sitting there. It was kind of cool. You know, we don't really get a lot of celebrities in in, in Philadelphia. Um, But I'm kind of looking at this as like, is this kind of like a World Wide West situation where it's like now we have this power broker who's not under the legal tampering uh, eye of the NBA and the CBA. And there was this this weird uh, quote in the uh, in the Euron Weitzman article uh, that one high ranking sports business executive who has worked with numerous NBA teams said he's the biggest player in our business. Nobody has relationships that he does. Nobody can connect with people on both the ownership side and player side like him. And in a player-run league like an NBA, I really do think he can be in competitive advantage. So what do you think, Russ? You think we got our World Wide West? We're going to be getting Zion, maybe LaMelo Ball, maybe the 2027-2028 high free agency uh, crown jewel to come to play for the Sixers? The question is whether or not he ended on good terms with Josh Harris. You know, because if the idea is he's going to be a power broker for the Sixers, then it's awesome. Like, we can feel great about it. But what's more likely happening here is he could, I mean, he could effectively swing the tide on a lot of different teams and a lot of different free agency things. He, he can almost become a, a de facto advisor to a number of teams and help in their efforts. He doesn't have to be loyal to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, he's got a lot on his plate. Fanatics is probably going to jump into legal online sports betting this year, um, beginning of next year at the worst. They're probably going to buy one of the... Uh, Let's just call them the the the, the mid tier uh, sports books that are um, maybe not finding as much success as some of the bigger name sports books. They're probably going to buy somebody's infrastructure, overhaul it, and they're going to try to become the biggest player in, in that market. They're probably going to continue to you know obviously dominate trading cards and dominate apparel. They'll probably at some point here just like get get freaky and get in on a like crypto trading or something like. Ruben's got a million things on his plate and like being an NBA owner while it's cool and it's like a nice little status thing. He wasn't the majority owner. And so like it makes more sense, I think, for him to cash out at a much higher valuation than he had to put into it. Didn't he get more money than the Sixers actually than than the owners bought the team for in the first place? And now he has the flexibility to just do whatever he wants the, the interesting thing in that piece is that he's got great relationships with the owners and the players. You know, there there is a path here that, like, if he didn't want to oversee this massive fanatics company, like, he he could angle to be the commissioner of the league. Hmm. He could angle to go for something even bigger. What do you think of Rick Ross buying Michael Rubin's 10% stake? He's interested in it. Doesn't have the money for it, but he's interested in it. I don't give a half a fuck what Rick Rubin. I can I can tell you anything that Rick Rubin. Well, does. Rick Ross, Rick Rubin, oh, you know. Rick, oh, Rick, Rick Rubin, Rubin is the producer. Yeah. Maybe Rick Rubin will get in with with Rick Ross, and it'll be a collective, and they will go buy the three hundred million. Michael like, Rubin and Rick and Rick Ross. They'll they'll transform into the guy who produced Metallica's albums. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I just want to Maybach music every time someone hits a free throw. 